0: Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited for you to meet our guest today. She's somebody who has deeply influenced my beliefs around simplicity and really sharpened my understanding of what an impact simplicity can make on our wellness on the rest of our life. So excited to have Courtney Carver here today. We're having her today because we're celebrating that just two days ago, her book Project 333 came out. We're going to dive into the topic of that book in this episode, but it's all about how to have less things in your closet. It's super exciting. It's actually really about how to have 33 items in your closet but she'll explain today how the number actually isn't important as it may seem. So we'll get into that in 1 minute. Courtney also wrote her first book was called Soulful Simplicity, which is also a course I've both read the book and done the course. It is great work and she writes a blog called Be More with Less, which is a blog that which is how I got to know her. You know how when you get to know people, maybe you guys feel like you know me very well because you hear me talking every week. She is a voice who I heard every week for a very long time. So I feel like that's why she's been such an important part of this journey. So the reason I'm really excited to have her on, besides the fact that we're all going to celebrate and help support her in the launch of her new book, is that it's really hard sometimes to explain why making a plan is so important, why I'm so deeply passionate about this idea. And often the reason I feel most challenged is because Planning feels complicated to some people, and when some people see their calendar in a well-planned state, it feels busy to them because as a society, as people, as myself, having a full calendar used to mean that I was go, 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 or do, do, doing instead of being, which is what Courtney and I will dive into a little bit today. But really my mission behind making a plan is almost more to make a plan for space, to make a plan for what matters so that all the busy things, all the things that at the end of the day, have you ever had one of those days where you feel like you didn't stop going, but if your partner or spouse or someone you love asked what you did, you almost want to cry or hit a wall or hit them because you're like, wow, like how did I stay so busy yet? I can't really remember anything I did. Like nothing really feels important by the end of the day. And I think this happens when we get into this busy mode, when we're doing things for reasons that are outside of us instead of the things that we're actually being called to do. And the weird thing about this whole predicament is that when we're doing things based on the outside world like everything we're doing to work at work is because of what happens in our inbox or everything that we're doing for our kids is because we think we're supposed to or everything that we're eating is just because that's what we thought we were always supposed to eat and there's so many aspects of our life that this is true in and when it always works this way it's just it's hard to even find the space to get new ideas to get get new inspiration, to really even understand what's trying to come up through your own heart, through your own being. And that's where, for me, simplifying has made such a difference. And because I've been on this simplicity journey for quite some time, what I realized both in my own life and working with hundreds of clients is that very often... You really need a plan to simplify. Like it's hard to, you just can't start saying no to all the things you need to make a plan for this space. And so that is why I'm so passionate about filling every hour of every day. It's not because I'm filling it with, you know, doing more. I'm actually filling it with doing less. I'm filling it with space. I'm making sure I have enough space for the things that matter most to me, including the right amount of sleep and sitting down for meals and all the things that really matter. So when my when you look at my calendar and it's really full, there's actually a lot less like work and hard stuff in there than there used to be. Um, though visually it might look very full. So that is why I love l- talking to people like Courtney who also have this really strong why about simplifying. Because in her case, it also had a huge impact on her health, on her happiness, on her joy level, on her finances. Um, So I'm super excited for you to hear her story. So with no further ado, actually, let's just let's get Courtney on and don't forget to go grab that book. I think it's anywhere that books are sold. And the other thing I want to say about Courtney's book and her launch is that she's going on tour and I live in the Boston area. So I will be at her Boston talk, but she's giving talks all over the place. So go check that out because sometimes it's really fun and really actionable to go listen to some of this live. And then you'll be even more inspired to keep going. All right. So let's get Courtney on the show and I will see you at the other end with our three doable changes. Courtney, welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm
1: looking forward to our conversation.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for all these people to get your book in their hands because your first one was amazing, so I'm sure your second one is going to be amazing. Thank you. So Before we get into the topic of this current book, I actually would love to go back a little and just understand what your journey was to caring so deeply about you simplifying and us all simplifying and really pouring yourself into this work.
1: Sure. Well, the reason that it is so important to me is because it started as a health journey, a journey back to health, um, which ended up being an even bigger journey that I anticipated uh, in being a journey back to me. And it was so powerful that I wanted to share that. And I've found it to be so powerful for other people that I get more and more excited to keep talking about it.
0: I totally relate. And it's funny because my journey started off very much as a health journey as well. So I totally... Relate to that <laughs> and ended yeah. up going. I, I went in the food direction for a little bit, <laughs> but now, yeah, I love, I love that it started as a health journey because I don't think that we, and maybe we'll convince everyone by the time we finish, but I don't think we always associate this idea of simplicity with wellness.
1: I don't think we do either, and to be honest, it wasn't the first stop for me either. Right. I started with food and changing what I was eating because I was diagnosed with MS and multiple sclerosis is so unpredictable and so different for everyone that when I was diagnosed in 2006, I was just like in a panic thinking, what am I supposed to do next? Because there weren't really any clear paths. And so I just started experimenting with diet because I thought that could make a big difference. And after that kind of became a new normal for me, I looked at other sources of stress. For me, it was really about reducing stress, whether it be through diet or lifestyle. And in pinpointing all these areas of stress and eliminating them, I realized that the common thread through all of these changes I was making was simplicity. And that is why it's so tied to wellness for me, even today, many years later.
0: That's so interesting. And, and I've definitely experienced that. So we can definitely, I would love to dive into some stories as we're going through this today. So, so after you sort of, was your next stop your, your closet? Was, was stuff sort of your next stop after food? After food, the next stop was debt because I was
1: in tens of thousands of dollars in consumer debt. And if you added our home, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and I had been my entire adult life. And for a long time, I thought that was just what adulting was all about and that I would continue to be deep in debt. But once I realized how stressful it was, I decided to remove it. And while it took a few years, that really led to the stuff component because we weren't bringing a lot of new things into our house. And so I became very aware of the things that I did own and what was adding value and what was adding stress and just taking up space and demanding my attention when I didn't have a lot of extra.
0: That's so interesting. I love that. I forgot about that part of your story actually which I kind of knew now that you're telling me. But um I love I just love how all these things are so related and we compartmentalize them in our lives. It's and all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. All right. So you got yourself out of debt which is amazing. You got yourself healthy-ish, right? Like so you obviously have to live with MS, but.
1: Yeah, but I would say very healthy. I mean, I don't have any, I haven't had a, a relapse since 2007.
0: That's amazing.
1: And I mean, granted, I do work with a neurological team and take conventional MS treatment, but the lifestyle changes that I've made have contributed in such a powerful way, not only to MS, but I think to other parts of my physical health and definitely to my mental health.
0: Mm, I love that. I hope that you're, I hope all the doctors that you see and all the ones that they interact with are taking this in (laughs) because I feel like this is what's missing from our medical system, but we won't go down that bad. Um, Okay. So, so let's get into the stuff part. So, Can we start, like, let's start on the other side of it, because I feel like we're very often when we're talking about stuff, you know, we all want to declutter, right? We're Especially if we have kids around who've been collecting stuff over the years, or we have a basement that, like, has been the depository for stuff. I'm totally speaking from experience. Um, It can pile up. It's funny, because I consider myself a minimalist, but it's still can add up over time. It's amazing what stuff can do. So I feel like there's so many people who are just always having this on their to-do list. I'm going to clean out that closet. I'm going to, you know, clean the basement. I'm going to get all the stuff out of the kitchen, like whatever it is. And it's like, there's always something that needs doing. And after a while, I think it almost feels more burdensome than like you're going to get something out of it. So I would love for you to share the other side of it. Like what are some of the benefits from doing this? Because I feel like when we can really believe the benefits, then we're more inclined for it not to feel like just one of those things we have to check off our list. Does that make sense? Definitely. Clutter
1: used to be just this perpetual problem. And I felt like it must be like that for everyone because all the magazines are speaking to it you know, spring cleaning, decluttering for the new year. It's really a hot topic and something that I did over and over and over again. And I just thought that's the cycle, like you declutter and then things build up and then you declutter and things build up <laughs> and on and on and on. And you, I would feel really good for that moment of, you know, the five minutes after I decluttered and everything was where it was supposed to be and it felt peaceful and calm, but it was so fleeting and when I decided to simplify my stuff this time around, I came at it in a, a really different way and decided to simplify for good, declutter for good. Not that I don't have from time to time have to let things go, but I don't have you know, a garage full of stuff or an attic full of stuff or stuff all over my counters or anything like that because I literally don't have the stuff anymore. Right. <clears throat> so getting rid of it, And only keeping what I want in my house and resisting bringing new things in has really changed things for the better because now that that five minutes of peace and calm that I so enjoyed, I have that whenever I walk into my house.
0: Mm, I love that. Well, you talk a little bit about like, cause I feel like the thing that really separates that experience <laughs> from what maybe we all, everyone else is experiencing of that, you know, endless cycle is twofold. One, you decided, which I, I always think is really important. Cause I think that sometimes we don't fully decide that we're going to like commit to something, but the other part was the resisting of things coming in. Can, can you talk to that a little bit and just maybe give us a tip or two uh, for, for what that looks like and feels like and, and how, cause I feel like sometimes the stuff comes in sort of unconsciously.
1: I think so too. And I think the more that we're bringing in, the more we want to bring in, but mm. just like anything, like anything that we do, like for me, at least like the more sugar I eat, the more sugar I want. Oh yes. The, the more shopping I do, the more shopping I want. But likewise, the more calm it is, the more calm I want. And it was just making that shift. And yes, you know, there was this kind of, and and we're going to get into this a little bit because it really was this wardrobe challenge that we're going to talk about that I think broke me of that desire to shop because I really wasn't shopping for new things. I was shopping to ease pain to feel better about myself either you know from a confidence standpoint in what i looked like or because i wanted to kind of ease some pain that was going on in my life whether it be something as simple as, as just being bored or you know feeling like i deserved something nice because i didn't enjoy my job or if i was heartbroken or something else like the the easy solution was Let's go buy something. But what I was forgetting in that process of going to buy something was my body wasn't screaming, like, take me shopping. It was saying, take care of me. Right. And so to to put that together and start taking better care of myself and realize that the shopping business wasn't really self care in any way, shape, or form because it contributed to my debt, which contributed to stress and it contributed to clutter. And just like we said before, all connected.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um Courtney, I'm going to edit this out, but will you make sure that your hair is away from your microphone? Oh yeah. I think it's, is it? I think it's, it's rubbing a little bit. Like maybe when maybe you're talking, you moving. sweater. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Just, I just won't move. On. I think I'm moving my hands. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's, <we laughs> all Even do though it. you can't see them, know, they're going. I right? <laughs> love that. Um All right. Where were we? So, um okay. So let's get in then to this Project 333 and talk a little bit about what that looks like. I would love to.
1: So in 2010, I started a minimalist fashion challenge called Project 333. And the 333 stands for three months and 33 items. So uh, even though i had been simplifying my life in other areas, I really didn't include my closet in that because I didn't want to go there like I was still shopping for things in my closet. I didn't really consider that clutter. I I considered it a need, like need new things for an event or for work or I mean clothes, we have to wear clothes. Like right. I always had an excuse to buy more. And when I the, the simpler my life got outside of my closet, the more apparent it was that there was a problem in the closet. And so I created this challenge where for three months, I would only dress with 33 items or less, including clothes, shoes, jewelry, and accessories, not including things like underwear, sleepwear, like hang around the house, loungewear. So something I might wear inside, but never wear outside. So yoga clothes count. (laughs) Well, so the workout clothes don't have to count, but you have to use them to work out. Right. So if you're wearing them in your daily life, then it's fine. Just count them towards your 33 items. If you live in yoga pants, that's fine, but it counts. But if you're only wearing them in the house or you're only wearing them to work out, then I, I counted that in the rules as not counting. And after the first three months. And we can kind of break that down a little bit, but it changed my life in such a significant way that I decided to keep dressing like that. And so now almost, I mean, next year, it'll be 10 years later. I still dress seasonally with 33 items or less and not 33 different items every three months. Most of my wardrobe carries over from season to season. So it's not like, okay, now it's winter so i have to go get 33 new items of clothes <laughs> that just means maybe i don't include a few summer items but instead
0: add a hat and a scarf and gloves got it and are you putting those other things away somewhere
1: yes in the beginning the other things for me
0: were boxes and
1: boxes and boxes of stuff and so i just got that out of sight put it i think i i was living in a different place then but i kept it in our garage I didn't want to see it. I mean, part of the appeal of this was to open my closet and not feel overwhelmed and not be looking at all my poor purchase decisions, clothes that didn't fit me, items that people gave me that I didn't wear. Like there was so much emotion attached to all of those things and it weighed on me every single morning, but I didn't really know that until it was gone. And there was this kind of feeling of space and light and, it was just nice. And so now, like after every three months, I would reduce that extra. Like it was easier to let go of because it wasn't in my closet every day. I wasn't really connected to it anymore. And now many, many years later, I've pared down enough where I just have a small Rubbermaid container full of off-season items that I can rotate back in.
0: I love that. And you said you included jewelry, or is that my imagination? Yes, jewelry counts. Hmm. Okay,
1: which was great for me because I always had like this ex, like excessive collection—not of nice jewelry, but just costume pieces and, you know, accessorizing. You know, this matches my shoes, or this match matches my handbag, or this goes with this outfit. And it was extra decisions every day, more spending, more to store. And during the first round, I got rid of all of it except for maybe one necklace and one bracelet and just experimented and saw how that felt. And after three months, when I went back to all of that other jewelry, I thought, you know, what was I thinking? This isn't me at all. Why was I making those decisions to wear these things that they, they, they just weren't me? And so today I do wear some jewelry from time to time but not on a daily basis and just don't have a lot of extra pieces.
0: I love that. It's it's interesting because um, I, I we were talking before we went live that I had this year, a couple of years back where I took my three kids out of school and drove across the country for a year with them <laughs> on a book tour. And I looked back at that after I got back because everyone, as I was on it, was like, how are you doing this? Because a lot of times I was alone because my husband was back here working um i was homeschooling them i was driving and then i was you know talking almost every day somewhere about the book <laughs> and the weird thing is is that i was so happy i was so relaxed and at ease and i didn't like i literally didn't feel any stress and it was so surprising to me because if i were to write out everything i was doing i would have probably you know Been stressed about it, but one of the big things was we packed a suitcase, right? And so, all four of us only had probably less than 30 things, you know, each. And it really was amazing like that was one of the big things that stuck out at me about that trip was that nobody had a lot of clothes, and it It just made wash easier, it made choosing easier, it just made everything so much easier
1: and And not stressful
0: right? Oh my God. No one noticed. And I like, cause I remember the first couple times, cause I was speaking and thinking, you know, God, I'm wearing the same thing for the third time, but it was like different people, you know, it's not like I'm on NBC while I'm talking. So it was, it was interesting. Like it was interesting, like the thoughts that go through your head and then, then they disappeared eventually. It did take me a minute. You know I remember the first couple of times I was like, "Oh, maybe I should go to Target and get a new shirt or something, you know, so that I actually look cuter this time or whatever." Um, but, but I never gave in to that, and it went away. Like those thoughts went away, and I just remember feeling better and better about myself.
1: That's so great. And I think that's why it's so important with experiments or challenges like this to look beyond what you think it's about. So yes, for instance, Project 333 is about clothes, but then you start identifying these thoughts that you have about what you need or what other people think or what you should wear. Or for me, it was a lot of, you know, proving who I was by what I wore. Yes. I think I needed, you know, high heels for a sales meeting or a, a suit to go into conferences it's just unbelievable, the stories that we tell ourselves and also how it doesn't take that much time to really break the cycle if you're paying attention.
0: Yeah. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about paying attention? Sure. (laughs) Because I think that's another thing. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that's the thing that pulls people out the most because essentially shopping is like the same as grabbing a cookie or grabbing a glass of wine or going to Starbucks because you feel like you have to, like, it's all the same sort of like numbing, numbing, buffering action. Right. So, so I, so I, I mean, I got like, it's not going to, it might not feel good at the beginning, (laughs) I guess is what I'm getting at. (laughs) Um, and then, and then you just sort of have to experience your way through it.
1: Is that what you would tell people? That's right. That's right. And what helped me is having this, you know, start date and end date, Mm.
0: because
1: instead of saying, you know, now this is where I am and I just have to figure this out for the rest of my life, it was, okay, I've got these three months to look at what's happening, see how I'm feeling, try new things, new approaches. And if at the end, it didn't work for me, I'll do something else.
0: Right. And you didn't, you hadn't thrown anything out. You had just put it out of your sight. That's right. Because I didn't want
1: that extra stress of having donated all of my clothes and then perhaps figuring out that I wanted them all back. Right. That didn't happen, but that's the way I approached it. I wanted to be as low stress as possible because this was all a practice or part of my practice in reducing and eliminating stress to live a healthier life. So it wasn't that I, was after a simpler life. I just wanted a healthier life, a more present life and the cl- closet challenge delivered.
0: And do you think that the, one of the reasons, like, why do you think all that causes so much stress besides the shopping part? Do you I think, think a lot tra- of it is
1: because we, we just decide based on how we've lived in the past, how people are living around us, that this is our cross to bear, or this is how it's supposed to be, or living, you know, an adult life with outside stress and pressure is hard. And so we have to medicate in the following ways. We just make all of these assumptions and fall into our stories and then forget that we can choose something different. Yeah. So I think that's why it's so stressful because it really is this pressure that we put on ourselves only for the reason that we think we're supposed to, and we forget to think otherwise. So by making a little space, whether it be in the closet or the kitchen or wherever, we have a little bit of space to say, is this working for me? Or what if I tried this? Or wouldn't it be crazy if I did this? And those are questions that we forget to ask.
0: Yeah. And and as you said earlier, I bet that there's in the closet, especially there's a lot of guilt, probably, and a lot of indecision, right? So like, I'm just thinking of the sweater that your mother gave you that you don't want to throw away, even though you hate it, or, you know, the thing you wore to an interview that you didn't get the job. Like, it's like every time you look at those things, you're reminded of a moment that you don't necessarily, that clothes don't need to remind you about. That's right. right. There's
1: (laughs) so much emotion. I mean, I can't I've never asked a group of 20 or more people, do you have clothes with tags hanging and not had at least one person raise their hand? Yeah. Usually it's about half. It's
0: amazing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's say that we're totally, anyone listening is totally excited about doing this for themselves. (laughs) What do they do? Like, what's the next step?
1: So the next step is to get started. And it's really one of the easiest things to do, because again, you're not making any permanent decisions in terms of what to donate or sell. Everything is just kind of going into hiding. So you can see all the rules either in the book or on my website. And you just kind of whittle down to your 33 items. And I've got some recommendations if you're working with, you know, a really big overstuffed closet in terms of, you know, really going through everything that you have all at once. I think that's a really important step because all of those mornings when you think I have nothing to wear, once you see all of your clothes in one place, it will just shock you to the point (laughs) of, of realizing that, yeah, of course you have plenty to wear. It's not about the like physical items. It's about how you're feeling on that day. And I think that whole feeling thing goes into those moments where we're thinking, oh, I'm bored with my clothes or my closet, or I need an upgrade in my wardrobe. And we end up going shopping because we don't pause to say, is it my wardrobe that I'm bored with or frustrated with, or is it something else in my life? I know for me, it was just too easy to blame the closet.
0: mm, Interesting. Well, and I'm, so, yeah. Oh, go they, ahead.
1: Once they, I was just going to say, once they have the rules and they pick their items, they put everything else into boxes, get them out of sight, and then just settle into three months and notice what happens.
0: And so you're saying like in a day, I mean, if you take everything out, you kind of can't go to sleep at night, right? So it's like, you just do this. You don't. That's what
1: I recommend, but it might take a couple of days depending on your lifestyle and situation. But I think for most of us we could dump everything on the bed and get through it. It wouldn't be something that everyone's looking forward to, but that investment of time and energy is really going to pay off for the next 3 months and perhaps a lifetime.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited because it's funny, I did so when I came back from the road, I did happened upon you know the whole Marie Kondo movement and I was reading the book at the beach and I just came home. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, you guys, I have to leave the beach for the afternoon and I'll be back tomorrow, but I have to go do this. And I came home and I did it. I like got everything out and I put it all on the bed. And that part made a huge difference because I have tried to clean out my closet many a times in my life and I've done it, but not that, not all at once. And that part was really important for me as well um, because I actually like did the work and finished um i'm not down to 33 though so i'm so happy i'm so excited to do that that's going to be just amazing yeah and
1: the thing is it may be that 33 is the right number for you or the wrong number for you but by experimenting and trying it you'll know and so maybe at the end of 3 months you say you know there's there's no magic to this number 33 for me and i feel like i needed a couple of more items or or fewer items so you get to assess and decide what's best for your life. Uh, it just so happens that 33 works really
0: well for me. Well, it's interesting because I'm thinking about myself now. Po- you know, I've been working on simplifying myself for about eight years now. And I pretty much wear the same, like eight things, I would say, <laughs> like every day. And so because there's probably 40 more things in there, for some reason, they, they make me feel bad like why am i still in the yoga you know like why am i still wearing the yoga pants when you know i could be wearing a skirt or you know i don't know why do i always wear the same pair of shoes when there's 10 other pairs why do i never change my earrings and so i'm actually thinking of it the opposite way even though technically i feel like i'm pretty minimalist and i could do it for some reason it's hard to let go of those last things
1: sure and It is really, again, it's kind of the story that you're telling yourself, right? Like I should be wearing those other shoes, but really, why why wouldn't you wear your favorite shoes every day?
0: Yeah. Well, and because, and when you see the other shoes and they're not your favorite shoes, it almost makes you feel bad when you think about it that way, which is so silly. Because if you think of it as, oh my gosh, I get to wear my favorite shoes every day, who wouldn't want
1: that? Exactly. And I think a lot of people discover the same thing that they are wearing They are already doing the challenge in wearing the same few things over and over again, but they still have the excess in there, the stuff that is making them feel less than or guilty or like not enough. And who knows why? I mean, I think we keep excess stuff for different reasons, but I think it kind of all boils down to this fear of not having enough on some level, whether we're really aware of that thought or not, but experimenting with it and removing it for a set period of time, you don't have that feeling because you know, if it's not working out, you can bring it all back.
0: Yeah. I love this. And it's interesting because we both started with food, but I actually, do you think, because sometimes I think food was, could have been the hardest place to start, which made the rest of, you know, other things that happened later for me a little bit easier, Um, because once I was convinced of the food part, like there was no looking back really. But, but if it's clothes, well, maybe clothes, maybe it's all powerful. (laughs) Maybe there's no easy place to start. I don't know. The closet to me seems a little less, like, it seems like it's more your corner. Whereas food, if you're in a family, like you have to deal with everybody, but like your closet's your closet. Sure. But there's still a lot of pressure
1: out there in terms of what we're wearing and what we're buying and. Who we're proving ourselves to, and and all of that stuff. So I don't know if if I could say one was easier or harder than the other. I just they, know they they're all all of these type of challenges or experiments are really powerful because we realize that we can make a difference in our lives based on yes. how we treat ourselves.
0: Yes, yeah, and I love that your clothes and our food and whatnot is self care. And that, you know, cause I think we've convinced ourselves that it's something a little bit more complicated and it's not it's so simple. It is, but sometimes simple is hard. Complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Before I got into all this, I was a designer and I always tell the story that, you know, to have like a poster that was the most impactful and simple, which is, you know, what we want as a designer, it always started out conflict. Like, you know, it, it was the hardest the hardest choices to make got the simplest poster. So it's true. It definitely takes some work. So do you have any parting comments, anything that we haven't covered that you would like everyone to know? Tell us where we can get the book. Where's the best place to get the book? The book
1: is everywhere. So it will be on Amazon, through your local bookstores, uh, really anywhere that you enjoy getting books, It it should be there. And you can learn more about it on my site on be more with or you could probably just Google project Three Thirty Three and get
0: all the information that you need. Just, just out of curiosity, just cause I have to ask this, do you have any advice for books? Here's what I do
1: with books. Okay. So I'm an avid reader and I used to keep every single book I ever read and moved them many times as an adult. And then As I was simplifying, again, I didn't start with books. I started with the easy stuff in terms of decluttering. But I realized that all the books I kept, kind of like all the extra clothes that I wasn't wearing, I wasn't reading them. I wasn't enjoying them. And all I did was move them and dust them. And then I let them go. And now that they're gone, I read more than ever. So when I I either get a book from the library or I will... I do buy books. I love to support authors, but I pass them on when I'm finished. There might be a handful that are kind of like books that I've written in or books that I I am definitely actively rereading, but I don't save things just in case. I know there are always going to be more books to read, and I exchange them with my daughter and I exchange books. I give a lot of books away on Instagram. So, yeah, just keep them flowing is how I think of books now. I love
0: that. All right. So, we're going to all help you make your book flow. (laughs) Great. (laughs) We're all going to go purchase it and then we're going to like see if it's the one that stays on our shelf. And if it's not, we're all going to like, we're not going to dust it. It won't hurt my feelings if if you pass it on. (laughs) And it is
1: the kind of book I think that you're going to want to share because. There's just so much conversation around this fashion challenge. Once you get going, if you mention it to anyone that you're doing it, people want to know more. They're very interested.
0: Well, and I imagine it's something that's great to do with a with a buddy. I mean, here we talk a lot about accountability. I'm sure it's so great to have accountability to do that, right? Definitely. You can all be wearing your same pants over and over together, (laughs) (laughs) or ensure that you you actually work. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. And I um, this is something I could talk about for hours and hours and hours, but we both have things we need to go to.
1: Well, thank you. I'm happy that we got to talk.
0: Yes, me too. Thank you so much. At the end of every episode, we always choose three doable changes, because we really want you to be able to take what you've heard and put it into action. Because Action is where that we find that real change tends to happen versus all the ideas that we keep in our head all day long. So let's take some action. And here's the thing about doable changes in action. Action doesn't have to be big. Action can be an accumulation of lots of little things that add up over time. So at the end of every podcast, we always share three doable changes, three ideas that we've gotten from the episode that you could put into action. But the idea is actually that you choose one. You choose one of these ideas that you're going to play with next week so that you can really... Fit it into your life. See how it works with all the other things you have going on. Make it work with all the other things you have going on and really make it your own. And if you really like all three from this episode, then you can do them in concurrent weeks. But one at a time, we've found, is the way to go. So here are three choices from this episode. Number one, notice your stories. As you get dressed or flip through your closet, Notice the stories you tell yourself. I can't get rid of that. My mom made it. I might need that suit for an interview. These jeans will fit me again someday. It's good to have choices in shoes, right? What if you changed the story and noticed what you're drawn to, what you wear again and again? What if I wore these things for the next three months? What would that feel like? I love this change. And every time I now open my closet, I think about all the stories. So, this is a really fun one to play with for a week. And I actually spent some time writing down some of my stories, which ended up being really helpful when I started to do Project 333. Which brings me to the next doable change: take the 333 challenge. So we can all now go out and buy Courtney's book. She's been doing Project 333 for a long time now, but just yesterday, if you're listening to this in real time, on 33 2020 Courtney's book, Project 333, came out. So we can all get it and follow along and learn exactly how to do this. And she also has this challenge online, which you can go link to from the show notes. But here it is in a nutshell. Choose 33 items to wear for the next 3 months, thus the name. You can include clothes, shoes, jewelry, and accessories. But you don't have to include things like underwear, sleepwear, loungewear, or athletic and yoga clothes. Although I have to say, she did clarify that if you actually wore them only for those purposes, so me, who wears yoga pants quite a lot, I counted those in my 33. It's been an interesting experiment, I have to say. I'll share more about it, I think, in an upcoming episode, because this is all very new for me. So Courtney has lots of tips for choosing. So see her blog post on this project because that will help give you some ideas and help you really understand how this works. And don't worry because if you've ever done other methods, you might have taken the bins of clothes out of the house and not brought them back in, but don't forget what Courtney shared. You don't have to do that. You can just pack them away for three months, put them in the basement and see how it feels. So in that sense, it's kind of like an easy choice. And I really am falling in love with her project in this way. And it's interesting because what I wear hasn't changed very much since I started this, but knowing that I made the choice that this is what I'm going to wear in advance has really helped change my mindset around what I put on. Whereas I used to feel a little bit, I used to like a week ago or two weeks ago, I used to feel like the choices, I was always picking the same things because there was all these other things in my closet taking up space. So it's really been a helpful, helpful shift. I'm really excited to report back on it um, in a few months to let you know how it's really gone. Okay. So that's a doable change that you can definitely do this week. Oh, and I do want to say that it sounds like a big deal to clean out your closet. We could make this be something that took months so easy, but I have to say, I gave myself a whole Saturday where I didn't have to drive kids around or somebody else was doing that work for me. And I gave myself the whole day, but it actually took two hours. And all I did was take everything out, put it on my bed and then I started to make that pile of the 33. And when I felt like I had done a really good job, I hung those things back up. And then I went to the basement. And I got the bins and I just planned on folding all the clothes on my bed and putting them in the bins and putting them in the basement. I filled two or three bins. And on the way, because I had already told myself it wasn't going to be a big deal, I actually did end up getting rid of two bags, which felt really good. They were things that I knew I didn't really need. And so you could do that after the fact, but it really took a lot shorter than I thought it was. I made it a much bigger deal in my head because I actually waited Like three or four weeks before I did this work. So this is definitely a doable change, even though it might feel a little bigger when you're listening to this episode. And I highly recommend it. Okay. Number three, resist bringing things in. So you may already be a declutterer. You may already have done this work and decluttering is so good, but so often we keep decluttering. And if we think about this, we realize that we keep decluttering cuz we keep bringing stuff in. So challenge yourself not to bring in new things for a set amount of time. Just choose what that time is. Maybe it's the week, maybe it's 10 days, maybe it's a month. Whatever period you want to work with. And when you find yourself, I don't know, filling up the cart at Target or buying things that aren't your list at on your list at the grocery store or scrolling over to Amazon and, you know, seeing what was already in your cart or buying ex, you know, tempted to buy extra things when you just have to go buy that music book for your kid, ask yourself, why are you buying and ask yourself, what do you really need right now? What do you really need in this moment? And remind yourself why you want to resist bringing things in. Maybe it's because you're sick of decluttering. Maybe it's because you have a paying off your debt project, like Courtney did. Like really get to the why behind it, and that will help make all those things a little bit easier. I for me this this part wasn't as easy at the beginning, but it's gotten easier and easier and easier. And it's a really important. It was a really important thing that I did in simplifying my life was resisting bringing things in. All right. Those are the three doable changes from this episode. The way that you can really support this podcast is by going and rating and reviewing it so that other people can find it easier on iTunes. I would be so grateful if you did that. If you're listening to this on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it, you can go rate and review it, but iTunes seems to make the biggest difference in our numbers. And also, let's support Courtney. So go grab her book. Go get it. It just came out yesterday, and the more people who grab it means the more people will find it. It's funny how we work like this as humans, but the more people who rate and review and buy things, the more publicity those people get. So help her out. Help this podcast out, and I will see you on the next episode of the Planned Simple Podcast. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Bye for now.